Actions we've taken, things have begun to change. End of quote. In the past three weeks, the number of containers sitting on docks blocking movement are down by 33%. Now, Sleepy Joe would say the unemployment rate in the great state of Ohio. No, no, you're in South Carolina. Joe, Joe, you're in South Carolina. Come up with you. Ever see the guy that no, 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 it's South Carolina, it's not Ohio. Okay. And he goes, all right, Iowa? Did you say Iowa? No, no. He did that like seven times. If I did that once, it would be the end of the road, right? It'd be the end of the road. They'd say Trump has lost it. They like to say that anyway, I guess. Huh? These people are bad people. Oh, he's running tomorrow. No, but could you imagine if I said just a small fraction of the mistakes he makes, which are unbelievable, every speech? Welcome back, everybody, to episode four of Rain on Your Parade with J.L. Covan. I am J.L. Covan. Here, as always, with my producer, Mike. Hello, producer Mike. Hello, J.L. How are you? Well, all right. I was hoping you'd just stop at J.L., but you had to keep talking. I am doing fine since you asked. Um, I'm excited for uh, for this week's episode. Um, it's, uh, it's going to be a little more politics, but maybe not exactly the political discussion people are expecting. Um, but before we get to that and I rain on people's bipartisan parade. Mm. Uh, I came here uh, today to Williamsburg, Brooklyn, where I always, I love walking around here because it's like, it's like seeing, it's like, it's sort of like seeing fecal matter, but then there's diamonds instead of corn. <laughs> it's a very strange neighborhood, but I always end up seeing, it's about a 10 minute walk from the subway. And I always end up seeing um, what feels like at least 1.5 hot women from every demographic that exists. Mm -hmm. It's very impressive. Um, and so that always puts me in kind of a good mood uh, to podcast. Uh, it just taps into that, you know, that primitive toxic masculinity that, you know, just brings out the best in my podcasting. But I decided to start the diet tomorrow, which has been my mantra for at least six months. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I went to Shake Shack for the second week in a row. Because in this neighborhood, the salad place, you know, it's like a, a Supreme store and a new T-shirt just dropped. Oh, they got that new kale? Whereas uh, Shake Shack, walk right in. It's like the opposite of the rest of the world. It's like Shake Shack, like they're just sitting around going, are we ever going to get any customers? Yeah. They, What's wrong with meat and dairy, you hipster pieces of shit? Yeah. And then I walk in like a, like a savior and order a milkshake yeah. and a burger. Yeah. They say this guy, he's running up a tab. He gets it. <laughs> um, where everybody knows your waist size. And -na 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 -na. Anyway, so I walk into Shake Shack. I order a, a regular burger with nothing on it and a vanilla milkshake. You know, I, yeah. I call that the plainest meal possible. <laughs> You've got nothing on it? No, and then I put a little ketchup on the burger. No pickle, no, nothing? No. It's too phallic. I'm Jay, not, you are, you not are gay, something bro. else. Not gay, bro. <laughs> Sorry. No pickles for me, dude. Okay. You're not going to turn me trans on this show. Uh, by the way, guys, I always, I feel like I, I didn't say this till later in the show last time, but you know, I know you see this as a podcast with some comedy talk, with some politics talk, with some Shake Shack talk, but don't worry. We are in the process of giving you what you want. Okay jacked white bros telling you how to improve your life. Mm -hmm. We're on it. Like we've got the guests lined up. 
busty porn stars talking about what dicks they like, what, whether it's you know better on set or in their personal lives, low cut t-shirts for the reels and TikToks. It's all coming your way. Like I guarantee you, we're going to deliver you that content that you can only get 28,000 other places. We are going to bring it. Okay. But for now, we're just working on, on this format, but don't you, you hang in there and eventually you'll just, one day you'll flip on the show and there'll be like, like a 39 year old white guy who really feels more like a 50 year old white guy, but he's pointing at you. He's filling out his suit guns real well. And he's just telling you he never flies coach and he never listens to a woman. And that's why he's successful. So like you're going to get that, but, but just back to the show. So I walk into Shake Shack. Okay. Get my meal. I sit down and there's a training session for new employees. <laughs> Yeah. And it was, you know, it's uh, the, that's called the Biden economy, bro. <laughs> Bidenomics. And there's a group of what has to be seven or eight, you know, trainees. And there's some woman from corporate, a black woman, by the way, good job, Williamsburg. I bet you it was a white woman. They were like, sorry, we don't allow white women to talk to youths of color in a, in a commanding way. So you're going to have to send somebody else to Williamsburg. So it was, it was a black woman running the session and they were doing like an interview uh, with every, not an interview, but a group thing where it's like, okay, well tell me um, your name, uh, a hobby and what the last thing you had at the shack. <laughs> and I was like, I almost want to interrupt. I go, it's Shake Shack. You're not the shack. <laughs> okay. And I would think Shake Shack would be brand, you know, branding. Like, don't you want to be, but yeah. I guess, on the inside, and maybe I'm spilling the Shake Shack tea, but maybe and on the, the inside, sauce. they they say they say the Shack. Like yeah. if you're in, it's like how friends of Robert De Niro call him Bobby. Yeah, right, right. The Shack is for that's our term. Yeah, uh, but they're going around to everybody and like, what was the last meal or what's your favorite thing at the Shack? And I was just listening to see if anybody was like, uh, I'm vegan. I'm, I just need a job. Mm. Do I have to join the Shake Shack cult to do this? So then they had a training video. There's a TV in the back. This is all in the restaurant, like just off a kind of like, it's like an L-shaped or a J-shaped restaurant. So in the, in the ball sack of the J, I think that's what we call it in mm -hmm. English class. In the ball sack of the J, the TV goes on and it's uh, the training video and the first song that comes on. Now, mind you, I'm older than everyone at this meeting, including the black woman from corporate. Or she could be older than me. It doesn't crack. Beige does age, but black don't crack. And uh, she puts on the training video and they're all watching it. First song. I got my mind set on you by George Harrison. Love it. Great classic from what? 1987? Around there. Yeah. Possibly older. 89, 87. Yeah. Something like possibly that. Possibly older than everyone at this meeting. Yeah. And then some other song I didn't recognize came on, but it was not like a trap song. It wasn't like, oh, we, we mixed it up to appeal to next song. Uh, Good Vibrations, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Mm. And I could just see this largely uh, this group that was largely people of color under the age of 25, just the eyes glazing over like they'd made a huge mistake. Like, <laughs> I think I may have been witnessing Shake Shack's version of Get Out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Like instead of tea, they're, they're on to us. We can't stir the tea. So instead, uh, good vibrations. Why am I watching a muscular white rapper? Oh no. I love Shake Shack. I love Shake Shack. <laughs> I love Shake Shack. <laughs> yeah. So good luck to all those new employees, uh, at the Williamsburg Shake Shack. I will most likely see you next Wednesday unless I finally stick to this diet, but it's just, you're planning to go to Shake Shack next week already. <laughs> Yeah. You don't understand. I food. There's certain things I've done to make myself. I, I self-medicate. Yes. 
Uh, I, I think I understand quite a bit. Comedy, <laughs> comedy is the main self-medication. <laughs> comedy has been the skill that I've employed um, in lieu of therapy for my entire life. Like mm -hmm. when I went to a child psychologist because I was a violent little kid, um, I came back to school. I mean, I was in school the whole time, but like I went in fourth grade from attacking a kid with a baseball bat during a recess, never hit him. And I told the, I, the principal didn't believe me because I think it sounded too much like a mob boss. I was like, I wasn't going to hit him. I just wanted to scare him. <laughs> but to this day, I, was, I tell I you. I wasn't going to hit him. I wasn't going to hit him. 36, 36 years later, I tell you, that was the truth. But the principal couldn't take that risk. Yeah. You know, how do you say to the wealthy parents of another student? Uh, I was, uh, no, no, it's okay. He was merely trying to scare your son with an aluminum baseball bat. <laughs> just threatening him. He's got to play it safe and, and <laughs> just suspend me. So I get that. But I had yeah. to go to see a child psychologist. And after two years of child psychology, um, I started doing impressions of people because I thought, you know what doesn't get you in trouble as fast? Hurting people with words. <laughs> Word hurt, not same as aluminum bat hurt. Right. So um, ever since then, comedy has been one of those things where I'm, you know, I, I put a lot of things to process into comedy. But the, uh, the other thing is, is food. Food is wonderful. Oh, you're telling me, baby. I mean, I, I found a place uh, close to actually I live across the street from where you used to live, You do, which is hilarious in and of itself. It really is. Did you know that by your old apartment and my new apartment, there is a place that delivers peanut butter and jelly on DoorDash? That's disgraceful. And did you know that you can get it on French toast with bananas and bacon? Because I do it all the time, baby. When I had a stressful week. Oh, my God. You know, fentanyl is probably cheaper. Anyway, I, um, I, you know, as I always say, uh, food is wonderful. Food is good. Not everybody eats it, but everybody should. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I want your snacks. Do, 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 do. Um, anyway, been watching a lot of George Michael content recently. Great mm -hmm. artist. Yeah. Uh, great book about him, by the way. George Michael, A Life. Uh Pretty deviant guy. What's that about? It's uh, about George Michael. Oh. Yeah. That sounds good. His life. His specifically, life. Right. To be more specific, right. his life. Right, right. Um, sure, sure. Not the, not the character from Arrested Development, yeah. though, like the, the singer. Yeah, yeah. The um, guy. yeah. Good book. Good book. Did a lot of drugs and a lot of sex late in life. <laughs> He's really making up for, for lost time. Yeah. And uh, kind of caught up to him, I think. Oh. Great, great, great artist, though, and, and good story. And I'm not talking about that wham fluff piece that a lot of you watched on Netflix, though I enjoyed that. George Michael Alive, first endorsement um, uh, of, of the show. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, I want your snacks. That'd be a, you know what? You never have that feeling where you have like a, a biv, as my girlfriend calls it, a booger in view. <laughs> <laughs> I, try, I try to not leave the house with a booger in view, but I, it's, I've been there, yeah. Well, I, I don't know who produces the show, but the producer was taking so long while we were trying to get ready today. Oh, fuck That off. I feel like <laughs> what wasn't a biv, it was like, is it safe to come out yet? Are you yeah. done with your podcast? It's in like, the we cave. We haven't even started yet. Yeah. But it could be a nose hair. Mm. And I realized as I get older, I'd rather it be a booger. No shit. Yeah. Because a booger, boop, doesn't change my life. I'm still the same man. But nose hair is getting long. It's like, what am I, an old Jewish guy in, I, the, yeah. in a deli near me growing up? I understand You know, that. where you're like, eh. Uh, by the way, all races get nose hair. I yes. just associate nose hair with my neighborhood growing up because I grew up in a new neighborhood with a lot of old Jewish people. Mm -hmm. So I just, it was specific, not out of hate, but actually out of inclusion. As a Jew, I'm protecting us. So yeah. it's okay. With you, we have, we have African-American 
And no, black. Black. He was Haitian. Okay. We have yeah. black covered, we have Italian, and we have Jewish covered in this Good. room. And the three of us. And Irish, yeah. And Irish. Oh, thank Irish God, because you, you know how I feel about the Irish. Irish and Italian, <laughs> one and two, two and one. In, I got some uh, things to say about the Irish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they are an angry people. Yeah. Um, but the Shake Shack thing, uh, I just didn't, I don't think it was working for them. Yeah. I don't. But no, I, I plan, I, food, like, I have a joke on an old album where I was like, you know, getting, uh, one of my dreams as a kid was like, one day I'm just going to eat cookies for dinner. And sometimes I do it and yeah. it's disgusting, but it also harkens back to that. Like, you know, just like a, like, you know, a porn star might've been abused as a kid. And it's like, when I take these 13 dicks, I'm taking the power back. Right. <laughs> and right. when I eat a box of Entenmann's cookies at night, I'm like, I'm taking the power back. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, an Entenmann's chocolate, chocolate bukkake. <laughs> You know, that's, yeah. that's what we're doing. It's, yeah. it's about empowerment. If this podcast does anything for people, and this is by the way, before we even start bringing in the alpha bro white life coaches, which we're working on, uh, we're already making lives better. So with that weird introduction out of the way, guys, and oh yeah, check me out in uh, various shows coming up. Uh, I'm in Harrisburg, Pittsburgh, a lot of Jewish talk again, a lot of Bergs, yeah. uh, LA, once again, two Bergs and an L.A. Yeah. Um, and my uh, my album, uh, Half Blackface, is out. So, yeah, we're a little delayed in the time. But, you know, these things are out and or happening when you finally listen to this one. But the point is, guys, let's talk about Joe Biden. There it is. That's why I'm one of the best in the biz, Mike. <laughs> Joe Biden, uh, or as uh, Bo Burnham said on his outtakes, you're really going to make me vote for Joe Biden. He has like a little one minute like dance track. Yeah. You've heard it? No, I've not. Oh, I like okay. Bo though. No, Bo is great. You're yeah, you're obviously a big fan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're like my fa- like you're like I my a- fans. I love jail stuff. Are you familiar with any of his work? No, not at all, I, but I love have, him. I have a lot of respect for him, but I'm not like an avid <laughs> consumer of his you work. You should be an avid yeah. consumer because he, he makes great That's stuff. That's why I like him though. I, I, you know, makes great stuff. Yeah. We're, we are, we stan Bo Burnham on this podcast. He's welcome on this show. Uh, yeah. Well, now if he can just bulk up a little bit and give some advice on how to treat women like shit, <laughs> he'll be my first guest. Yeah. Uh, you know, but we can't have like beta cuck males. Like, we're, you know, it's, it's yeah. alpha. Right. I mean, it's alpha, alpha bros, 100%. not, not betas. Um, beta boys or alpha bros. Like, which one would you pick? Right. But, um, Joe Biden, my thing with Joe Biden is I'm a, I'm a happy Joe Biden voter. And when people say that the common thing you hear, and it's a bipartisan narrative, um, is who is really excited for Joe Biden? And they go, well, besides Jill Biden, his wife and his son, Hunter, you know, he's probably very excited about his dad being president. I think that I think Hunter has a lot of investments and equity. <laughs> In his dad being president right now. Yeah, yes. There's a lot of cocaine sweat <laughs> equity involved. But yes, I think Hunter Biden is obviously thrilled that his dad is president and not a civilian. Yes. But I, too, am excited about Joe Biden. But here, let me let me because this has become the narrative with Donald Trump being at this point a thrice indicted former president yeah. and obviously twice impeached, thrice indicted, uh, three times a lady. Yes, it's, just, it's terrible. Um, and he's going to probably be fourth, fourth times indicted. Yeah. Um, and second time elected, poss- possibly. Right. <laughs> and 
People like to like the thing that would annoy me, Joe Biden, I think by most metrics, other than emotional, ignorant white people, that metric he scores very low on. Mm-hmm. But on most objective metrics, he has had a successful first term. And if on an age curve, it's off the charts. Yeah. If he were 50, this would be a solid first term. Mm-hmm. But he's 119. <laughs> this is like off the chart. Hockey stick growth. So he, that's ageist jail. I'm on his side. You have, this is a quick sidebar to all the progressive fans of mine who every time, you know, I make a joke about Donald Trump banging a child with Jeffrey Epstein. They're like, you're naughty. That is hilarious. And every time I'm like, Joe Biden is old. They're like, you ageist piece of shit. I yeah. thought you were an ally. Yeah. Um, it's just a joke. I know he's not 119, but do we, he might be. And if he is, I think that only speaks more to his capability. Yeah. Right. You know, like that's like, I once said at my former law firm too, if you've been a long time listener of the show for four weeks, uh, I said to, um, a woman, a, a nice looking Asian woman in the elevator, somebody wished me a happy birthday. And they said, how old are you? And I said, 60. And this woman just looked up and you know, the Asians, they age very well. <laughs> the Asians. Yes. And she looked at, <laughs> she looked at me and she was like, oh my God, you yeah. look like, I was like, I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm, I'm younger than that. She's like, oh, and then she was kind of embarrassed. Yeah. But I was like, maybe that's what I do. Just go on some silver dating websites. And yeah. Like, I'm actually 60. Yeah. Cause I speak, I relate half of my fans are like women and men over 60 because yeah. They understood a time existed when you had to remember things and know things and and have conversations and make eye contact. All these things were part of a life that over the last 15 years has disappeared. So it's like almost like if you were grandfathered in, pardon the pun, but if you were grandfathered in prior to the iPhone, I have way more in common with a 60-year-old than a 30-year-old right now, even though those mm. are basically equidistant for me. Sure. It's light years of, 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 of shit in common with a 60-year-old. I think I'd probably clean up on like a – like if I just put my age as like 57 on like some like old sluts like meetup. Don't say that. <laughs> old sluts. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought this was a sex-positive workspace. I we don't call them sluts. Well, I do. And who are you to judge me? And what I do in the, in the, in the, in the privacy of my, my, uh, internet dating. I guess you have a point. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, and to be fair, these old women, they like it when you call them harlots. They prefer, they prefer the old, old school terms. I've heard that actually. Have you caught in the bedroom? They say, call me a harlot. <laughs> they love it. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a pantaloon in the street, but an exposed <laughs> angle ankle in the sheets. Um, <laughs> But Joe Biden is old. That's objectively true. Age is not just a number. So it's yeah. When it comes to president, you know, age is 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 more than a number. But he has done a good job. Now I know some people out there might go like, "What has he done? Our economy's terrible." Well, stop right there. No, it's not. That's like the first thing that I think needs to be cleared up because that's one of the narratives is like somehow conservative media, especially now I'm talking to the MAGA people. I'll get to the progressives who annoy me on this topic as well. But but to start with the people, this running narrative on conservative media that our economy is in shambles, whether you like Biden or not, well, that's just not true at all. Like at all. Unemployment's low. Stock market's high. Inflation has 
come way down. So they've managed to kind of like the Jurassic Park fly. They've frozen the minds of conservative viewers uh, in ember or amber for like since like early 2021 or mid 2020. It's just like they're stuck in this like, oh, my God, the economy's so bad. And it's like not at all. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, it used to be, it's the economy, stupid, was the big thing. Like that was, you know, ever since Clinton, it was like people, yeah. the main issue for people is always pocketbook, bank account, stocks. Like it's always going to be how they're doing financially. It, you know, it's, it's, it's financially, financial freedom and comfort allow people to worry about other issues. But when they don't have that, it's all consuming. I understand that. Well, good news, everybody. If you woke out of a Fox News coma, the economy actually doing well. Now, I can't wait if the economy tanks in six months. It's like, uh, bro, how's that economy? Okay, well, I'm not, the, the difference is I won't tell you it's still good. Yeah. that's The difference is if it goes bad, I will then go, oh, shit, the economy's bad. I won't go, economy's great, bro. Yeah. What do you even mean? But that's the difference is that they are still stuck in a place where inflation is out of control, which it's not. Somehow they think unemployment is terrible. It's great. So that's the first main issue, just if we're going on facts. Now, a lot of this is vibes and feels when it comes to the right wing. It's always vibes. Right. Yeah. But on a factual basis, um, we don't like all these foreign wars. Now, I can admit the Biden withdrawal from Afghanistan was, was, was sloppy at best and bad at worst. But we're out. And I hate to say it, like for a lot of people, especially on the kind of isolationist side of the conservative spectrum, we're not doing foreign wars. You're bo- you're, you know, most of our, our you know, sons and daughters in service are, are in safer environs, if not home. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, promises made, promises kept kind of thing. Um, and then for some of the things that I'm interested in, and there are somewhat bipartisan infrastructure, Biden passed an enormous infrastructure bill. Donald Trump, Mr. Builder himself, couldn't do it. He did it. Um, he has appointed, and now on the left wing, you know, he has done maybe not enough on climate change, but he has done a significant amount on climate change, more than any president until now. Granted, more is needed, but he has done more than anybody else. And by the way, in case you need a civics lesson, He did all this with a 50-person tie in the Senate with Vice President Kamala Harris breaking the tie on a lot of important legislation and a lot of judicial picks because he's obviously putting in a lot of federal judges on the uh, left-leaning side. So if the Supreme Court is an issue for you, if you don't like Alito or or Coney Barrett or Kavanaugh or, or Gorsuch or Thomas, well, he's the guy who can help that. As soon as Clarence Thomas croaks, you want Biden in there appointing the next judge, not, not Donald Trump. But my point is, across the board, he has done as good as can be given the structural limitations of our government. He has done an excellent job. Like, he may not have delivered on the left. Now I'm talking to the left wing. Um, Hillary Clinton wasn't good enough for you. She was too centrist. Uh, how does that taste now? How do you like them apples? How do you like them Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, <laughs> Amy Coney Barrett apples? How do you like not get – and, and, and I'm talking just to the needs and, and desires of the progressives. Pro, pro-choice or pro-life? Which, which one did you prefer? Because Hillary Clinton would have kept one. Yes, right. Okay? Very, very clear direction. But, but progressives, unlike 
the conservatives, many of the Trump MAGA people are sort of foaming at the mouth, but they are very focused. They're like a, a junkyard dog with rabies and a Bible they never read. They just sit there and they foam at the mouth, but they are laser focused on their task, which is no Democrats. Yeah, right. That's what's important to me. Democrats are satanic, child-eating monsters, and how could you ever expect me to vote for them? Whereas on the left, we've got a whole buffet of fucking opinions and self-centered and self-righteous sort of desires where it's like, well, Joe Biden has not done nearly enough for climate. Well, what would you have him do? Shoot five senators on the right and appoint new ones? What would you do? You have your chance. When you vote, that is usually your best chance to affect change. Now, electing Joe Biden was great. You know what would have been even more effective? Having one or two extra Democratic senators so that things like voting rights reform and filibuster reform could have been given the boot but because you have no margin for error, literally, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema have a lot of sway. So he did the absolute most you could do legislatively with the hand he was dealt. But he's only one vote and he's only one man. He is not uh, the electoral college results for uh, Texas or Ohio or, or, or any other sort of middle battleground type state, although Ohio is really just red now. So my point is, I'm excited about Joe Biden. This is all preamble to say, I'm excited for Joe Biden and I'm excited to vote for him again. Do I wish he was 65 and not 80? Yes, but he's not. And I think he is a good man. I think he has had a good for a very good first term. And I'm excited, but let me clarify that. I'm excited in the realm of where I should be excited for a president, which is here, okay? I'm gonna give you my levels of excitement right now. You ready for this, Mike? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm very ready. Coming home to my long-term girlfriend and dog from a road trip. It's nice. Yeah. It's a nice excitement, okay? Hey, this is wonderful. Could you, would you put a number on it? If a scale of one to 10? One to 10? But, but like, like one is just like, I'm fine. Like, in other words, one is not, I'm having a horrible day. Yeah. One is like, this Content. is all, this is all contentment. Yeah. Excitement. Excitement. Right. Um, three. Okay. A three. You know, it just, I, I, and it's a different, it's, it's, it's a, I'm home. I feel a sense of home. I feel a sense of welcoming. I feel a, a sense of comfort and safety. Yay. At a four is a, somebody not named Donald Trump just got elected president. <laughs> right. And I put the presidential happiness. It's a shorter thing. It's not something I think of every day, but we're talking like election day excitement. Yeah. President is between three and four. Yeah. That's the range. Obama, four. Beating Trump, four. Obama's second win, three. Yeah. Because it was like, great. Did but, it already. But I'm, I'm, I've already I'm had this. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. You know what they always say? Out there, somebody is tired of fucking Obama. Right. You yes, know? Exactly right. <laughs> Am I mixing metaphors? <laughs> I don't think so. I, th I think that's how the, the GOP felt. <laughs> By the so, end. But that's my peak. Like four on my level of excitement is how excited I'll get for a president. Yeah. So I find Biden to be a four. 
He's fighting, he's, he's fighting the good fight against an existential monster named Trump. I'm using the same terms. I shouldn't say monster. He's, he's, he's defeating a person very dangerous to our democracy and a very horrible human being. So four. But there's a whole four through 10 now or a five through 10 mm -hmm. on my excitement level. Third date with a hot woman, eight and a half. Okay. Box of Entenmann's chocolate chip cookies and a movie. Ten. We can agree on that. Right. Like so. So An Entenmann's crumb cake. Oh, kill us. So good. Nothing there you better. go. I mean, I came when I walked into Shake Shack today. So they're like at a seven. Yeah. But the problem I think we have is everybody in this country treats every level of like who's excited about you. Well, if you're an idiot and yeah. you want to be like fucking pumped, like you're at a concert for Joe Biden. No, then I can tell you almost no, except Hunter Biden still. Yes. Hunter still very excited. His dad is president. Yeah. But beyond Hunter Biden, I really don't think you should go after Hunter Biden. Jail. I thought you were an ally and a Democrat. Yes, but he seems kind of shady. Yeah. And kind of scuzzy. He's got problems. And once again, I don't mean to throw my Catholic faith in the ring. But I'm all about forgiveness and all about like, hey, I don't know everything about you. Yeah. So like I can't speak, but I can speak on perception and vibes and what you kind of appear to be. And you right. appear to be troubled at best and maybe not a great person. Yeah. On top of that. If somebody came up to you on the street and they were like, do you vouch for Hunter? How, how do you feel about Hunter? You'd be like, he seems all right, but I don't know. Something, something's up with Hunter. I don't know. I wouldn't even say that. I'd say, no, I don't vouch for him. I'm not. I, oh, you'd I, go full no. Well, I'd say I can't vouch for Hunter Biden because there seems to be a lot of character flaws there um, that I just don't. But I'm not saying you can if you know him better. But I'm from what I see, and I'm not even talking to right wing propaganda. I'm just like, I don't know if he's if he's the guy I want. You know, I don't know if I'm co-signing alone for Hunter Biden is what I'm Fair. saying. Yeah. Yeah. There's enough evidence to say that, but, but I don't need to be, Oh my God, I'm going on a third date with Joe Biden level of excited. Like, Oh my, like, I think we're like fucking Saturday. Like I got, we're going to a nice restaurant. Like we had an intense makeout session on date two. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure we're taking it to the next level tonight. Just, yeah. Joe, take out those dentures and get on your knees. I don't need that level of excitement for Joe Biden. Yeah. I need, am I going to be satisfied and pleased with him as president? And do I think the alternatives are really, really bad? Mm -hmm. This idea of like Obama is once in a generation, JFK, like, and those, and, and the one thing I want to say about this, because there is a similarity. So I think the right sort of looks at Trump and is like, well, they were all rock star excited for their Obama. When Obama showed up, you would have thought Jesus Christ had come back. That's how they was. So why can't I be excited for my president, Donald John Trump? Well, here's the thing. Obama represented generational change, a racial breakthrough for a country, which, sorry, has a history of racism. Yes. I I'm breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. Oh, let me see if I can find the sounder. We can play it. Yeah. A serious <laughs> history of some racial issues in this country. And so it represented so much more than just, oh, wow. He, Obama, for all his individual qualities, uh, uh, really does represent something much bigger than himself as a historical figure. That's just a fact. Whether you're a fan or not, absolutely. Donald Trump represents sp 
spoiled, fat, white guys. Like basically Francis from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what, like, is, is that a historic occasion? Not really. No, I don't think so. He's a historic figure. He's an appalling figure. He is a figure of very great consequence. You will get no argument from me here. But he is not a paradigm shifting care. Like he is not somebody in American history who by virtue of just his being represents some sort of major change. His actions are what have made him extremely consequential and dangerous. And that's why he will be a, a, you know, a major historical figure, you know, like Pol Pot or Stalin. Yeah. I was going to say like Mussolini. See how I didn't go, uh, Hitler. Yeah. The H word. (laughs) But, they I, play podcast checkers. <laughs> I play podcast chess. I do think, JL, just to throw my two cents in real quick, I do think that, I mean, the fervor around him, this is my personal opinion, mm-hmm. was like sort of Mussolini-esque. Uh, to me, it, 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 it from everything that I know about history, that it seems the most similar in kind of how they rose to power. And I think that if the time in history that he rose to power was different, he would have found a any excuse to mobilize troops yes. into some sort of some sort of war, like timing for, for. I mean, Hitler started the whole fucking thing, but timing for Hitler and Mussolini were such that they just they had an army that would they were that would just go to fucking war in Africa and, and in Europe for them. And I think Trump would have done the same thing if there weren't so many more checks and balances in place. Yes, you know. I, I'm in complete agreement, and please remember that note because I, it it calls back to a joke that I that I have. Okay, that gotcha. I recently ran. Otherwise, in one ear, out the other. But because it <laughs> relates to me, I will remember that. <laughs> but we will get back to this after a quick break. But I just wanted to sum it up. There is we are we are misapplying the level of excitement. In other words, we watch the Trump people get foaming at the mouth, excited. It's pathetic and kind of insane and scary. That's not what we should be aiming for. Like, it shouldn't be like, why can't we be as excited as Trump people? Because, I don't know, we have jobs and and morals and thoughts and, and other things in our life besides following Trump around like the Grateful Dead. Right. So, so there is a level of patheticness to it. And don't get me wrong. Hey, pathetic people vote too. That's my version of Jordan when he said Republicans buy sneakers. Mm-hmm. Mine is pathetic people vote too. Mm-hmm. But- the MAGA movement is this sort of grievance for people who live in a delusional world where just because they are failures, then their people and their race and their way of life is failing. Mm-hmm. And, and we talked about SAG and factories and that shit's real, like factories closing and things like that. That is real. But when your instinct is to be so pliable to blame immigrants or black people or women or wokeness, for, for problems that are, A, probably bipartisan, and B, have nothing to do with the things that you're blaming, there's something in you that is attracted to hate as an excuse. And that's, it may not mean you are always a bad person, but there's enough bad in your recipe that you go to this Pied Piper of hate and bullshit, you know, right off a cliff, and you fall into the cliff, still fucking cursing woke Democrats and blood eating, eating the blood of babies like a fucking nonsense person. So anyway, quick break, guys, and we'll (laughs) be back with the joke that I need to remember. All right, so we're back on Rain on Your Parade, and uh, 
I remembered the joke that I wanted to share that was relevant to your comment, Mike. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Um, basically, my thought was with social media these days, I think reg the average person is becoming a bigger piece of shit, more of a troll, more of a, an asshole, aggressive, just being fed all sorts of things that are warping their mind. But I think the silver lining to that is that some of our worst people might be even worse without social media. Like I think to, as you mentioned him, Mussolini uh -huh. or a Stalin uh -huh. or a, uh, anybody not named Hitler because we're <laughs> not going there, but you know what? Let's throw Adolf in for good measure. If they imagine if Hitler or Mussolini or Stalin or Pol Pot, Pol Pot yeah. had had a, uh, a podcast and an entertainment brand and a network probably making more money reaching the same amount of people, maybe even more, but from the comfort of their studio and everybody else is listening from the comfort of their homes and they're fomenting hate and being very mad and being disgusted by whatever ethnic or racial minority is being vilified. Mm. But then they just, uh, you know, bitch about it. Maybe they get into a fight at a bar or something and then that's it. Whereas, when you put on the uniform and you go out to the big field and you hear the same podcast gibberish, but you're in uniform with 20,000 like-minded brethren, now you're like, well, I did get out of fucking bed today. Yeah. Uh, let's go fuck shit up. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's make it worthwhile. And I think, I think we don't often examine the fact that I think we've become on the average person is worse because of social media. But like, imagine – if Trump had never been elected president and all he had was truth social, it'd be like cute. Yeah. Look at these pathetic losers. And he'd be making bank and probably satisfied. But now that he's tasted that sweet nectar of world domination, public speaking, he can't go back. Yeah. You know, like the Andrew Tates of the world were never going to be, I mean, uh, sex trafficking victims aside, never going to be particularly dangerous. Um, but if Andrew Tate had ever become, you know, like speaker of the Romanian house or right. something, all of a sudden that guy's a lot more dangerous. So I think we have to look at the silver lining and social media, I think, keeps some of our worst. It keeps our it puts a ceiling on our worst people. But it makes the floor for garbage, trash, human beings. It raises it. Yeah. Because people do become treasure. Anyway, um, the point is, guys, there is no point. Um to the people on the left who keep making an issue of not being excited for Joe Biden, I would say to you this. Way back, talking ancient history here, Joe Biden was a very young man at this point, 2020. <laughs> we had a gigantic field of candidates. We had 17-year-old Pete Buttigieg, 50-year-old Cory Booker, and 900-year-old Bernie Sanders. We ran the whole range of ages. Different, we had centrist, we had leftist, we had all kinds of, of nominees with good credentials and, and, and solid pitches. We had women, we had men, and we went with the 80-year-old white guy who was always something of a moderate. He positioned himself a little to the left. He picked a change a diverse change candidate for his VP in terms of electoral politics. And I don't mean this to denigrate her, but like her main reason for being on the ticket, they didn't have a personal rapport. She didn't have a lengthy resume, but she was a black woman. And it, it once again, 
to the Trump people going, so when y'all pick on race and gender, it's okay. But when we say we want a strong white man, all of a sudden we bad. I think it's just as racist and sexist as ye. Well, a black woman, an Asian woman, first of all, you get a two for one with her. Yeah, two for. I wish the Asians would claim her a little more because I, I would be demanding it. Like if I were Asian and black instead of black and Irish, I'd be like, you will acknowledge all of my historic credentials. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Kamala Harris, the first black woman and Asian woman ever in the vice president. I'd be like, hell yeah, don't you ever forget it. That's two historical slots <laughs> I'm taking up. So when some full black woman or full Asian woman shows up, second, you're both second. Yeah. I won both. I'm like Shohei Otani. I'm a three-time all-star with six selections. Okay? That's the vibe I want from Kamala Harris. I want you to own it, own both. Take up two historical slots. Yeah. Um, Just like George Washington is the first white and first man to be president. I wouldn't want him to forget that, nor do I think he would. Right. Given the time he came up in. Right. Um, Those were both very important things to flex. (laughs) Yeah. In the 1700s. I am a white and a man. You will respect my inherent God-given masculine white authority. Also the first war veteran. Also right. the first Virginian. Yeah. I mean, he had a lot of firsts. Yeah, did he ever have sex? First. I, don't, I don't think so. I haven't read much about George Washington, but. And that's when Mike misses the virgin Virginian joke that I made. Right over my head. <laughs> J-Nog reporting for duty. <laughs> I'd like to say that as John Kerry, though. I liked it when he showed up to the 04 convention and went, John Kerry reporting for duty. That guy stunk. (laughs) What a loser John Kerry was. (laughs) I kind of forgot about him. Herman Munster with war medals. Man, was he brutal. He just, that was, he was one of those guys that had no charisma, but 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 the resume was still strong. Yeah. And people wanted the fake cowboy instead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But my point being, you had your chance at all these different demos and all these different, we need youth, we need this, we need somebody. You didn't want, you didn't, not enough people voted for Elizabeth Warren. Well, guess what? You, then, then she didn't get to be president. Not enough voted for Bernie Sanders. He doesn't get to be the nominee. Joe Biden got overwhelmingly the most amount of votes. And a lot of your favorite progressives or youthful people jumped on when they realized he had the momentum, they, they couldn't jump on his ticket fast enough to support him. So we had our chance to support other people. And the fact is we live in a democracy and he didn't, he won, Joe Biden won overwhelmingly. He was not young in 2020. That was just sarcasm before he was actually quite old in 2020 (laughs) as well. And he was the pick. And then he did his job, which was to beat Trump. And nobody, especially on the left, I felt like there was never that solid support for Joe Biden in terms of, hey, he accomplished a lot. I think, and I think Joe Biden is grounded enough person to not need the gratitude of strangers. But I think at some point it becomes a little ego bruising naturally to like have a strong first term and have everybody in your own party speculating like, well, are we going to get somebody new? Can he step down? Can he step down? It's like, Step down. I'm doing a good job. Fuck right. you. I don't care if I'm old. I'm kicking. I'm doing I'm doing the work. Nobody was going to have a better first term than me. So I'm old. So what? Like he should be rabbit this. Don't you think eight mile? I am old. I shit in a diaper. 
<laughs> yeah. But I don't care. I take out Trump like a sniper. Nice. That's bar. I fuck Jill. I use Viagra. <laughs> Hunter's a scumbag. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Now tell them something they don't know, Trump. Uh, uh, what? Uh, you're old. You're an old piece of shit. I already said that. Get out of here. You went to Cranbrook. It's a private school. Um, anyway, you get the vibe. I'm I going do. For. So yeah, like, yeah, all, about, all about the vibes. To me, on the left, you had your chance. That's one. But two, he's done a good job. So now you're just being contrarian. And I think that's the thing. On the right... They're big fans of like being a, of a, like a rabid hive. Like that's our guy, you know, we'll fucking tear up anybody yeah. who steps to him. Whereas on the left, it's like, no matter what he does good, it's like, there's, there's like points on the left for being contrarian. Yeah. Like if you're a contrarian, it's like, you know, like, like, like certain, certain black intellectuals, like we're, we're in a sprint, not just cause they're fast, mm -hmm. but in a sprint <laughs> because to get, and, and just for the clarification for anybody who knows I'm biracial, I refer to both whites and blacks as them. Mm-hmm. I refer to Derek Jeter, to Aaron Judge, to Rashida Jones. That's us. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, when I go to Carvel, I go, give me a JL. And they already know, swirl cone. Um, but you had your chance. But there, you know, there was like this race among some black intellectuals to be the first to be like, you know, Cornell West is a great example of like, uh, the neo, like whatever the fuck he does. Where yeah. he goes, my brother, my brother, my brother, uh, Obama, who I respect greatly. Yeah. Barack Obama, who I respect greatly, but he's not doing what we need him to do. <laughs> my brother is being a neo-fascist, a neoliberal, which is not what we need from our people. We need to bring Christianity and love into the conversation and, and put the, the bombs and the weapons and the economic inequality to the side. And that's what I say, Bill Maher. Right. So just imagine me in Frederick Douglass garb and you have <laughs> Cornell West. <laughs> I thought that wasn't a bad Cornell West. It was pretty good. Was that impromptu? Yeah. Do you not have a Cornell West? No. That was pretty good. Hell yeah. yeah I'd yeah, say, yeah. oh, get ready for a lot more <laughs> mediocre Cornell West videos as I work the impression. But it's, it's, you know, it's more the bug eyes and the teeth and the, the teeth is the teeth and the are big, yeah. And brother Bill Maher, what I'm telling yeah. you right now is if we don't get right with God and with our constitution, then we are going to have big problems and they're going to be bigger problems than brother Trump. That I can tell you. Anyway, that was Dartmouth West, my parody of Cornell West. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new character, everybody. Dartmouth West. Dartmouth, West. Dartmouth East. <laughs> the rival to Cornell West. Oh. Um, and by the way, I need to make another appearance for Ron Reagan Jr. before I forget my old school fans. Not afraid of mocking black intellectuals. Have you ever seen the Ron Reagan Jr. commercials? No, we've talked about this. Okay. Though. You said but that he's. I feel like as the, as the new audience starts to flood in from yeah. all our bro content and big cleavage big, the tits, TikToks yeah, yeah. and reels, we got to keep reacquainting them once in a while with like, yes, yeah. Ron Reagan Jr. is a, a callback to my a character from from the earlier iteration of this show. Um, it's just oozing with smug atheism, guy. Yeah. Not afraid of burning in hell. He kind of talks a little bit like, oh, Ron Reagan Jr. I'm thinking yeah. of, I was thinking of um, RFK Jr. just now. Uh, uh, he talks kind of like Catherine Hepburn, doesn't he? 
A little bit. Uh, a little bit, right? <laughs> like Catherine Hepburn with a sore throat. Yeah, yeah. Ricola nearby. I was meant to die on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> what if Sirhan Sirhan was aiming for Bobby Kennedy Jr. Like he was from the future. He knew, yeah. And he was like, no, 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 no. Bobby Kennedy would have been a great president. Yeah. His son is going to fuck shit up. Yeah. Sirhan Sirhan fucked up the multiverse for all of us. <laughs> what if Do- What if Sirhan Sirhan became a doctor? Dr. Sirhan? Sirhan? That's stupid. What if, it's, what if he married somebody in a same-sex marriage named Solo? Dr. Sirhan Sirhan Solo? That'd be a mouthful. It's a long way to go for a hand solo and yeah. d- terrible. Delete that in post. Was it worth it? No, nah, I don't not at all. Not but really it was sure. worth it. Let me tell you something for the Dartmouth wet Dartmouth. <laughs> that was East. worth it. Yeah. Dartmouth East. Love it. Yeah. Um <laughs> I did want to do a versus with my Michael Eric Dyson impression with a Cornell West impression. Michael Eric Dyson, if you don't know him, is a very fast talking. Uh, in my view, less politically opportunistic guy than Cornell West, but but he he tends to like he'll be on a Bill Maher and say, now what we have to remember is that from a prophet and a poet like Jay Z or a Tupac Shakur, we have many rhymes and reasons that they have given us to be wary of the like he has that kind of rhythm, mm-hmm. and I thought that would be a funny one to to contrast with yeah what my brother Michael Eric Dyson is saying. And I love you, brother. I love you, brother. But what he's saying <laughs> is not what we need to hear right now. Now, my sister, Marianne Williamson over there talking about crystals. Love her. Love her energy because she's going to bring up love, Mr. Bill Maher, brother. Um, anyway, the point is the left, get over yourselves. Stop making, stop always trying to be special and like be contrarian for the sake of being contrarian. Be pragmatic once in a while. Joe Biden has done a good job. You had a chance to mobilize for other candidates. This like epiphany you had in the last two years that Joe Biden is old is ridiculous. And given what he's accomplished in his first term, even more ridiculous that it's actually a a, a problem, even though he is old. Um, That I will admit, he's old. Can't really deny it. Right. And on the right- This guy is blue. (laughs) On the right, if you're not a MAGA disciple, I'm not talking to you. You can't be shaken- Congratulations. Okay. The, whenever Trump delivers Trump Kool-Aid brand Kool-Aid to you, drink it up in heaping amounts. But to anybody else, just find some kind of objective source. Like just don't take it from the concern. The data in economics should be a clue. Like that should be like a little clue to you that like maybe things are not that bad under Biden. In fact, they might be pretty solid. You may not like his policies, his judges, you may have other issues, but at least when it comes to Trump, put aside the Republican thing or like, oh, nobody's excited for Trump. And to everybody who brings up the, I'm not excited for this matchup, fuck your excitement. We need you at presidential excitement levels, not third date with a hot person. I'll make it non-gendered this time because I was, you know, speaking, I can only speak from my own truth. Yes, thank you. Not a hot... Whatever you think attractive is, you're on a third date with whatever you perceive as attractive. Maybe it's Lizzo eating bananas out of the butts of strippers and then getting sued by her big girl backup dancers. One of the funniest stories (laughs) in the world, in my opinion. (laughs) What a sentence. Like body positivity queen. Her big girl backup dancers. (laughs) Body positivity queen getting sued by her big girl backup dancers is hilarious to me. That's funny. It is. It's a funny story. It is. It's about damn time. Yeah. And 
just realize that Biden is our best hope. And he's, and I don't mean that in a, who gives a shit? He's our best hope. And it's good. It's a good, it's a good hope. You want things to change? Joe Biden, and this is for the left again, Joe Biden listens and adjusts. He's not, he's not standing there telling you what he wants. He knows he is, he wants to accomplish things and he's willing to negotiate with right or left. And he has done that. And to me, that's a good thing. That's a good thing that he's not some sort of know-it-all. Like, I think he is, he wants, he has his idea. He has his broad framework for what he thinks is good for the country. But within that framework, he can work and have a lot of flexibility. And that's a good thing left or right. Um, but I just think lower your expectations from date with attractive person, Entenmann's cookies and a movie by yourself on the couch a little higher than coming home from a weekend to girlfriend and dog, although that's, that's a positive mm -hmm. right here. Presidential level of excitement. You should be excited there, but don't a four, a four. Yeah. If, if you're asking for a nine, you're fucking the game up. That's what I'll say. So I'm excited for Joe Biden, like a rational, reasonable, good person in America should be excited. Not foaming at the mouth, not coming in my, well, I am, but that's a coincidence. <laughs> not ejaculating, not foaming at the mouth, just happy that the country can move forward with somebody fairly competent, surprisingly competent, even if he's 318 years old. So I'm taking another quick break and then I'll have a quick, uh, some quick comedy talk for you. And then I'll let you get on with your, your weekend or your week or whatever the hell we put this out. Welcome back to Rain on Your Parade. And here's the final segment of the show. It's a little comedy talk, which um, my parole officer, aka producer, has told me, let's refrain, let's just keep it to a limit because you really, you really yap for a long time if you make it the bulk of the show. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm, it's called discipline. I feel like I have a sensei now who's like, that's why I'm here, man. Talk comedy less, hot <laughs> take more. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi, what do you mean hot take? What the tick? <laughs> anyway, that's <laughs> offensive. R.I.P. Uh, great Gary Goleman joke, by the way. Uh, he goes, and of course, we who can forget Mr. Miyagi played wonderfully by Noriyuki Pat Morita. <laughs> because, of course, everybody knows that the abbreviation, the common nickname for Noriyuki is Pat. Yeah. Like when he was in class, they probably said, um, Nuriyuki, um, just, just so we're clear, what do you prefer? Do you prefer to be called Nuriyuki or Pat? <laughs> <laughs> Gary Goldman, folks, one of the best, one of the best, one of my favorites out there, just a tremendous comic. Um, but here's, uh, your punch down first, before I discuss content, uh, your punch down of the week. It's a continuation from last week's episode. Next week, I will revert back to the standard form of finding a good joke I wrote followed by a comment that somebody made that ruins it, that they think is helping. It may or may not involve my head movements during my Ron DeSantis impression, which is blowing up on TikTok. But anyway, teaser possibly. But um, my podcast, my other podcast, Making Podcasts Great Again, the one where I play Trump, check it out as well, um, is uh, – now costs a dollar a month. After five years for free, we figure we're going into the last year of the of the show, basically. And um, I may or may not have lost a day job. So I said, 
a dollar a month or or $10 for a year. It's a pretty reasonable thing. It's a unique one of a kind podcast. I mean, this is too. You know, like I've always said, where are you going to find a comedian talking about stuff on the internet? It's, Hard to find. It's, I mean, forget needle in a haystack. I mean, this is like, you know, outer space level odds. <laughs> but um, it is a one of a kind podcast in terms of just char- doing a character for for five years. And I'm very proud of it. So I said, $1. We'll see if the people come on board. Well, first thing this morning, as soon as we posted a clip from the last free episode, which went up today, going to miss you. Always loved your shit, but too cheap to pay for it. Good luck. (laughs) So what I said, what I replied was, what a wildly disingenuous and unnecessary reply. Good luck to you. Bragging about being cheap is a tough way to go through life. Because there's the people I don't attack are the ones who say money really is tight. That's, I'm not going to question your, you know, hey, you know what the thing is? If you're a broke person these days, and I, I mean that not in some dis, uh, dis, uh, disrespectful way, but if you're broke, if, if money is really tight and you're just like, you know, I save all our discretionary income for, for our trip to this, or we go out to eat once a month. Eh, podcasts are a great thing. If you have the means to access podcasts, that's, that's free. It's like radio. It's, the radio is, is, a, is, a, is a beautiful thing, has been a beautiful thing for, for decades in this country because it was, it was cheap or free entertainment to people. And that's a good thing. So I will never attack somebody who's like, uh, money's tight. I just, I just can only listen to free stuff. You're never going to get me going, get a, go, as much as I want to turn into an alpha bro male podcast, even I have my limits. I'm not going to yeah. go, you know why, brother? You know why you can't afford stuff? You should have had more abortions, bro. That's what I did when I was 20. I had more abortions and then kidnapped somebody and held a bank ransom. And now I'm a millionaire who flies first class, brother. Yeah. That's what you got. You got to be willing to do that stuff. You want to be an alpha male, bro. But if you actively seek me out to let me know, you don't think my show is worth a dollar a month that you quote unquote love. That's insulting. Mm-hmm. Even, and I know you, maybe you think you're being funny, but you are insulting me because you're saying I like your stuff. So, so to me, a dollar a month is literally the lowest value we can kind of put on it. And we're just hoping in the aggregate, we're hoping 2000 people pay a dollar. None of those people is really hurting financially from that $1 and it, it helps us. And to have to say that is just such a, it's a disrespectful thing that I predicted would happen last week, but still it feels good to, to prove that I'm right. You know, I often have that case when I, talk about my comedy career, I go, well, I could be happy and be wrong. But if I'm right, I get that little happiness from being right, even if it makes me deeply unhappy. Dopamine. Yeah. But we're all chasing. So your recommendations for the week. I have watched several comedy specials recently. I don't feel passionate enough to talk about them one way or the other. It's not saying they're bad, but I just, I am more interested in giving you a couple of comedy movie recommendations to mix it up. Still comedy, but, um, I saw a movie called Theater Camp. It's an A24 movie. Huh. And because it's A24, I now live in Williamsburg and shop at a food co-op. Right. Um, but it is a very funny movie. And it feels almost, I'm not going to lie, it almost, I leaned over to my girlfriend during the movie and was like, they're making fun of gay kids a lot. <laughs> And so if you're like a hateful person, because it's definitely a movie, you know, from within, you know, it's like definitely uh, uh, Todd Phillips didn't make this movie. It's It's, self-deprecating in a way. Exactly. But 
boy, oh boy, let me tell you something. If some talented gay people shit on gay people, if you're a homophobe out there looking for some comedy, you'll probably enjoy this one anyway. <laughs> like you'll probably, it's, it's a thin line between I don't like that they're in on the joke and, oh, who gives a shit? We're all making fun of the gays, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was because there was every kid, most of the kids, but it's really funny and really well done. But like yeah. most of the kids are gay and like flamboyant, like a lot of the boys, the boys I should say are like yeah. mostly flamboyantly gay. There's a joke in the movie where a heterosexual kid says like, I learned to stand in my truth as a heterosexual here. So thank you. Uh, which is funny. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, you know, every, they're it, very affected, very like, uh, uh, okay. Uh, like Ben Platt is fantastic mm -hmm. in the movie. It's really good. It's a really good comedy, but it's also, I had that thought just from a comedian's point of like, somebody on the right side will find this movie funny. But if you're on the wrong side of history and politics and decency, you kind of might sneak in here and be like, well, I'm sad that the man who made this is gay because he's making money, but right. it's worth it to make fun of. <laughs> it may make one gay guy rich, but it's making fun of 20 gay children, and that's okay <laughs> by me. My go. <laughs> and yeah. the other movie, for all you people at home, I, although I do love it when people are like, um, I can't afford anything. Uh, but if your Netflix special goes up, well, Netflix is like 17 a month. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I digress. Um the the outlaws on Netflix with Adam Devine and Pierce Brosnan. I don't know if I mentioned this on a previous episode. Apologies if not. I'm going to wrap this up very quickly anyway. Uh, really, really good um, comedy, start to finish. And that's the thing I will say about both of those because we talked about nice comedy last week. The thing I liked about the outlaws and theater camp, funny to the end. Mm -hmm. They, they never lost sight that they were comedy films. You can have a let, and, and it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's the same way I feel about in stand up comedy when people kind of go, okay, time out from the jokes. I'm going to get real. Why? The best comics get real while still making jokes. That's, that's the tightrope walk. That's the skill. That's the craft. Yeah. If you're a comic, you might just want to be silly and that's great too. But if you're a comic with messages or thought provoking things, the skill and the craft of stand-up comedy was I made you think while making you laugh. Not here's the laugh part. Now here's the think part. Right. And, uh, or the cry part if you're watching Hannah Gadsby. But the, these movies, you know, there's, there's shows that, that will have lessons and things or, or, or comedies that will have lessons. But both of these things never really forgot that they were comedies. And right up to the end, there was never the schmaltzy sappy kind of thing, or in the case of the outlaws, which is Netflix. Once again, I think I said that, um, it could have digressed easily into like, okay, we did comedy for a ha an hour and now we're going to be like action chase for 25 minutes. Cause I've seen movies that do that. They just then switch and there's not that much funny going on. Never lose a sight that it's comedy, comedy, funny to the end and theater camp funny to the epilogue, which was great because it took me by surprise. Like you're expecting the happy ending and there is but not the happy ending you were expecting, which uh, it's great to see. It's great. You know, I've seen a decent number of solid comedies this year, movie wise, which is refreshing because I feel like Hollywood is really pulling away from the, uh, from, from the, the genre, the genre. genre. Yeah. It was like, yeah. well, we can just have Thor make wisecracks yeah. in an action movie. Doesn't that count as comedy? Right. And it's like, no, there actually used to be movies that were just made for, for laughter. Yeah. 
you know, uh, uh, no hard feelings with uh, Jennifer Lawrence, really good comedy also, but that, excuse me, they didn't pay for this sponsorship. Take it back. Theater camp and, uh, the outlaws paid me the big bucks. So that's why they get that. No, nobody pays me anything. People. This is, this is just from my demented comedic heart. So that's it for this week. So remember, try to be excited for Joe Biden, but lower your expectations for what excitement means for a politician. And I think you'll be happier and the country may be better off as well. Um, and, uh, if anybody wants to send me some Entenmann's cookies, um, uh, or, 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 you know, a free membership to what was the website again? Hot, like hot, like silver, silver sluts dating or something or hot old silver dating. I think we use the word harlot. Well, eventually, you know, yeah. that's, they bought both domain names. So right. if you go of harlot course, or sluts, right. you get to the same. That's smart. Yeah. That's smart practice. They're yeah. old, but they're old. They, they, it's a lot of wisdom yeah. in their, in their senior uh, AARP dating websites. Yeah. So thank you everybody. This has been rain on your parade. Thank you for listening. Um, do whatever people ask you to do on podcasts. Join rate, my, rate, please rate, review, and subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Join my Patreon. Um, send me some cookies. Uh, just be kind to each other and uh, and um, uh, have a great weekend or week or month or whenever you listen to this. Just be great. Okay, bro? Thank you. <laughs>